What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The family of a freedom teen who died in October of 2021 plans to file a lawsuit against Ascension St. Elizabeth Hospital in Appleton and several of its health care providers. Grace Scaras family claims that the doctors and nurses caring for the 19-year-old during a hospitalization more than a year ago violated her patient's rights when they listed her as a DNR which means do not resuscitate without consent. They also say she was given a lethal cocktail of drugs that led to her death. And when family members asked for doctors to step in and save the young woman, they did not. The family filed paperwork today with the state, taking the first step toward a lawsuit they said will be filed soon. We not only hope and pray that justice will come for grace, but also for the hundreds of thousands of lives stolen by this medical tyranny. These crimes against humanity must stop. They need to be held accountable for their actions. We have made several attempts to contact Ascension St. Elizabeth Hospital for comment on this matter. All of those requests have gone unanswered. Well, joining us now is Grace's father, uh, Scott Shera. And uh, if you were watching that, we have a lot of people listen uh, on audio, but if you're watching that, you see that Grace had Down's syndrome, and that is a part of the story. We're going to talk about Grace's life because uh, I think uh, Down's children and, and people, children who are born with any kind of a disease or disability, uh, it really does teach us a lot about how precious life is. And I think that's one of the lessons that I've seen from uh, parents who have... Um, uh, had this uh, in, in their family. And uh, so we want to talk about Grace's life, but we want to begin with a bigger picture. And as I said before, just like uh, Kim Witsack became an activist because her husband Woody was murdered with the SSRI, suicide murder pills, as we call them, um, this is something that has activated Scott, Grace's father. Uh, he has a couple of websites. He's got one about Grace. Grace uh, com and that name is spelled S-C-H-A-R-A. Uh, but Scott also has a podcast on Rumble, uh, Deprogramming with Grace's Dad. Uh, so that might be a best way to uh, remember that, Deprogramming with Grace's Dad. Thank you for joining us, Scott. I'm so sorry about your loss. Well, thank you, David. I really appreciate that, and thank you for having me. Uh, tell, I, I'm curious, because you're on Rumble, uh, were you banned off of YouTube? 
Uh, <laughs> great question. Never, never even went there. Good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we were, we were banned. We, originally, we started a give, a give, send, go, and they banned us for spreading misinformation. So I thought, once I started the podcast, I'm not even going there. We'll wow. just go directly to Rumble. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the bigger picture and then we'll narrow it down to your specific family's story. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, what is going on. You, you were, uh, specifically call it medical murder. And I think that's true. I called it for the long time. I said, it's financially incentivized medical malpractice, but you know, the medical community and especially the hospitals that are being run by bean counting accountants uh, and big corporations, they really do know what they're doing. And this really is, uh, some people call it a hospital death protocol. Uh, it really is medical murder at this point, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about that and how this has become, uh, it always has been one of the major killers. Now, as you point out, uh, more people are dying from medical care than heart disease and cancer. And so you're, you pointed out that I've become an activist as part of Grace's death and I was not awake to any of this beforehand, David. So yes. once I started discovering, I started digging, 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 eventually it got to the point where you realize that, in fact, medical murder is the number one cause of death. Historically, medical malpractice, even the CDC admits that it was number three. Number one, heart disease at 700,000. Number two, cancer at 600,000. And then historically, medical malpractice at 400,000 being number three. Mm -hmm. But then you start looking at things a lot more globally and you see oh my gosh not only you know so COVID exposed this mm -hmm. the incentivized health care has been around for decades but the direct payment to hospitals to murder people hasn't been around that was brand new with COVID and 1.2 million Americans were murdered in hospitals during the 39-month COVID era that should shock anybody listening but it will really shock you when you compare that number to number two we were number one on the planet the United States was number two was India with less than half, 531,000 deaths, yet their population is four times that of the United States. Wow. So that that statistic got me digging into this more and more and more. And so now you can just do simple math to compute why medical murder is number one. The all-cause mortality that has increased since January of 2020 is 13% higher in the United States. So 13% means an extra 371,000 deaths. So that alone takes a takes medical murder to number one. The the all-cause mortality of the vaccinated has increased 24%. So the general population 13% the all-cause mortality of the vaccinated, 24%. So then you look at, you said, let's go to the bigger picture. So that's COVID. Well, when I say this has been going on for decades, the reality is when you start looking at the numbers and you see the profitability of the hospital systems, you see that the CMS, Center for Medicaid Services, has been writing standards of care to hasten death for decades, Obamacare was codified into law on March 23rd of 2010. When Obamacare was codified, if you look at section 1553, you will see that Obamacare legalized euthanasia, mercy killing, and assisted suicide. Mm -hmm. And when it came to Down syndrome people, of course, that's, that's where I started my research because Grace had Down syndrome. When I looked at the doctor's reports, so when a person's in a hospital, 
Every doctor that visits the patient has to write a report. The seven days Grace was in the hospital, there were 22 doctor's reports written, and they listed that Grace had Down syndrome 36 different times. So that set off a light bulb. That would be like, if I'm in the hospital, they list that I have gray hair 36 different times. Mm-hmm. It should make no difference, but it made a lot of difference. And I found a document written to train doctors in how to kill Down syndrome patients subsequent to Obamacare. It was written in July of 2011. Wow. And it's written specifically to eliminate Down syndrome people. And, you know, bigger picture, Down syndrome people have been murdered before they're born, the preborn have been murdered at the rate of 90% in our country. So when you look at this, you see what uh, Hannah Arendt coined back when she studied the Adolf Eichmann trial, she coined the banality of evil. And that's what we've got in this country. We have a banality of evil that we don't even recognize. It's just so common that the young couple is advised by the white coat who they trust to abort their disabled child. And so that becomes evil that we don't even recognize anymore. And that's why I say this has been going on for decades, David. Well, you know, and and that's the thing you point out, they're trying to kill Downs kids um, and and adults, you know, trying to kill them from before birth. They've got a a target marked on them. We had a friend who had a a Downs child and um, great child, as you, you know, when we talk about grace, you'll mention um, what a blessing it was to have a child like that. And um, difficult uh, aspects, but uh, a real blessing in, in different ways. But she had a sister. Uh, when she, uh, she did the amniocentesis uh, test and found out that uh, and it turned positive for Down syndrome, and her sister was adamant that she abort uh, her baby, and she didn't do it. And her sister would never speak to her again the rest of her life. I mean, that, that's amazing to me, uh, especially knowing this child. And, and she just cut her off for that. Uh, it truly is. Uh, they are targeted in an amazing way. Uh, but um, you you filed this lawsuit, and this this lawsuit is is different in a lot of different ways. We've never had a, a, a lawsuit uh, that has been accepted for this kind of medical kidnapping and malpractice. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I do want to comment about that sister first, because, yeah. you know, what's interesting is that is called the spirit of collectivism, where mm-hmm. we, the people that are disabled, Ezekiel Manuel, who's the chief architect of Obamacare, said, if you're not a contributing member of society, you don't deserve medical care. So this sister who rejected her sister who wanted to have the Down syndrome baby, she actually thinks she's doing good. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's what that's how evil this has become in our society. So then, mm-hmm. you know, with the and of course, suit, let me insert, insert here, sure. you know, it, it was exactly like you said, it was like the societal thing because, uh, you know, they lived in different states. Uh, she, you know, our, our friend was married with a husband. They were going to take care of the child. There was no nothing that was going to be um, a, a burden at all to this uh, sister. Uh, but like you said, it was this collectivist thing. Oh, you know, she's a burden to society. So uh, we can't allow that to happen. It's it's hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, moving on to the lawsuit, we when we jumped in as a family and me specifically as a full time advocate, 
we we sense God calling us to do this, and we we just said, you know, whatever doors you open, we'll walk through. So the lawsuit door opened. I never thought it was going to open because there are so many barriers to file a lawsuit, which, you know, that's another angle. But we ended up being able to do that. We have a fantastic legal team, and we filed the lawsuit on April 11th. When you file a lawsuit, it's it's a huge undertaking. You know, I had everything organized, had already gone through the records, but then the legal team has to make sure that they don't get sanctioned by filing a lawsuit. So every T has to be crossed, every I dotted, as if we're going to trial the day the lawsuit is filed. So it's it's huge. We had about 75000 in legal fees just to get to the point of filing. So now we file on April 11th. And by definition, then the defendant, so we sued Ascension Hospital System, which is the second largest nonprofit in the United States, the largest Catholic hospital system. We sued St. Elizabeth's Hospital where Grace was murdered. And then we sued five doctors and two nurses who were directly involved with Grace's death. And the reason we took that extraordinary step is because we want to stop the behavior. We're not after money here. We've already said if there's any money awarded, we're not taking it. Mm -hmm. We're after stopping the behavior. And the way you stop the behavior is you can't sue a hospital system. They just get a slap on the wrist. You have to sue the individuals who did this because the individuals are going to use the excuse we're just following protocols we're just following orders well you can't kill somebody and use the excuse of following orders mm -hmm. so now the defendants all had to respond the individual doctors the two nurses and the hospital system had to respond by may 15th they did and i want to read something out of there because one of the responses they put together a partial motion to dismiss, which the judge heard on July 14th, which was, it was really an awesome day. The courtroom was packed and the judge did something also extraordinary, which he scheduled during that first hearing. By the way, we have another hearing coming up on October 30th to hear similar arguments. But during that first hearing, he scheduled the first of its kind three-week jury trial, which starts November 4th, 2024, the day before the presidential election. And when you get into the, the meat of this, so we have five legal claims. One of the legal claims is we want the judge to make a declaratory judgment on the illegal do not resuscitate order that was put on Grace. The doctor unilaterally put a do not resuscitate order on her. You know, you can't do that, even though the state licensing board, strangely, said that the doctor has the authority to do this but this is under the spirit of collectivism of course with disabled people so now it comes to the motion to dismiss regarding that dnr order david you know you can't or the our, our dnr claim you can't make this stuff up this is what the defense attorney wrote he wrote quote the dnr order should be dismissed because a the issue is not right for adjudication and or b the issue is moot because Grace Shera, the subject of the order, is deceased. Wow. wow. And it, <laughs> it's so hard to grasp this stuff, the legal shenanigans that they do to try to, uh, you know, and I think most judges would have ruled on that and said, yeah, we're going to dismiss that. But, yeah. you know, praise God, we have a judge that saw through that and he scheduled the jury trial. So we believe we're going to have an opportunity to expose this to a national audience when when the case goes to the jury that's very important and of course as you point out they, they made an issue of grace being down's uh, child but uh one of the things that we've seen over and over again is throughout this uh, these these this hospital death protocol they put out there besides 
uh, isolating family from uh, the patient. Uh, you can't be in the hospital because of COVID. They were putting uh, do not resuscitate orders on a lot of people. And, uh, and, and in defiance of, in some cases, what the patients were saying, as well as their family had said to them, but then, you know, taking away their family, which would have normally uh, seen that I reported that multiple times and them doing this to a lot of people. And and it's amazing that they would move to dismiss this saying it's a moot point because, uh, we killed her, you know, that's essentially what they're saying. Exactly. I mean, when I read it. You know, sometimes you read things and you think, did I read that correctly? And I just thought, you know, they're going to send a bill to their client. And if their client reads what they wrote, <laughs> they wouldn't even pay the bill because it's so foolish. Yeah, yeah. That's the good news. They don't have a good counsel if they're going to write something like that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit. And I do want to get back to the lawsuit because there's more in the lawsuit here. But tell us a little bit about the events, uh, you know, how what uh, got her into the hospital and what transpired in the hospital from your perspective. Well, what got her into the hospital is propaganda. And, you know, I cannot emphasize that enough. That's why my podcast is called Deep Programming with Grace's Dad. Because even though I was a conservative with a healthy distrust for the government, I was still programmed to trust the white coat, uh, the COVID propaganda. We didn't buy into all of it, of course, but we did buy into some. So, for example, Grace was never vaccinated, including the COVID jab. So we were vaccine wise before COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were on the FLCCC protocol because we suspected Grace had COVID. Right now, when I look at COVID as a PSYOP, I don't know what she had, but she Mm -hmm. had a cold. And her oxygen had dropped to 88% on the morning of the 6th, and we were led to believe, based on the FLCCC protocol, that that's an emergency. So we treated it as such, even though Grace was still Grace. She was just fine. The emergency room physician suggested checking Grace into the hospital for three, four days, put her on oxygen and a steroid, and then get her home. I thought, well, that'll be fine. But remember, I'm trusting the white coat. Mm -hmm. And if they would have only done that for Grace, she would be alive today. But instead, they started her on a sedation med called Presidex. I was with Grace in the room from the 6th until the 10th. They started her on a sedation med called Presidex on the 9th. I was taken out by an armed guard on the 10th. We had 47 hours without an advocate in the room before we could legally get my daughter Jessica back in the room as an advocate. During that window, they increased the Presidex dosage six different times. So they sedated my little buddy instead of taking care of her. The the Presidex package insert says to not use that drug for more than 24 hours or it causes acute respiratory failure. And in fact, the first cause of death listed on Grace's death certificate is acute respiratory failure. The second cause listed is COVID-19 pneumonia. That's a flat out lie. Mm-hmm. The morning of the 13th of October, which is Grace's last day on earth, the doctor called my wife, Cindy, and I, and the idea was, hey, let's let's approve a feeding tube. Let's get Grace out of bed. We'll get her moving so she can come home in the next three, four days. Well, while we were on the phone with him, he wrote the order to increase Presidex to the maximum allowable dose. Simultaneous with hanging up the phone, he put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace, but she didn't die yet. So then they combined Presidex with lorazepam and morphine in a 29 minute window that you and I could not have survived, David. And this is what they give hospice patients in their last hour of life to euthanize them. That's the true second cause of death. And if you added a third cause of death, it would be the DNR because when it came time to resuscitate Grace, 
my daughter Jessica called my wife and I on a FaceTime call and we started all screaming to the nurses. Jessica inside the room, Cindy and I on the FaceTime call to save her. They refused. They wouldn't come in the room. They instead hollered from outside the room with a guard, hollered back, she's DNR. And we watched Grace die at 7.27 p.m. on October 13th, 2021 on a FaceTime call. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. uh, When they put this thing through, we've seen this happening over and over again, the ventilators, all these other things. And and then they would spin this around cynically to say, well, see, it's COVID and everybody's dying. So therefore, you got to get the vaccine. You know, they were killing people left and right with these protocols. And uh, the very fact that, um, you know, you talked about trusting the white coat. I I played over and over again in 2020. uh, There was one particular uh, press conferences held by a public health uh, official somewhere. So they have this podium. And before the public health bureaucrat comes out, they've got six people in white coats. And they walked out in a line. Three of them stopped on one side of the podium and three of them went to the other side. They turned around and put their hands in front of them. Uh, and, and again, what they were doing was they were showing you the white coats. Look at the white coats, bow down before the white coats. Everything you're going to hear now is science. So, you know, these are the high priests of uh, science. It was just this show of authority using the white coats. And I thought that is just amazing how they are so overt about their agenda and how they're, they're pushing this to, uh, uh, to, uh, gaslight people. Uh, but what a horrible experience. I, I, I just... It's kind of, and again, this is all happening while you're there on Zoom. You can't even be in the room uh, with all this it, as you're watching right. them kill your daughter. And it's, you know, what what I have found out is this is all by design. That's why I'm calling it medical murder. Mm-hmm. You know, before I came on, I was hearing your comment about Rand Paul uh, criticizing Fauci because he created vaccine hesitancy, for example. Mm-hmm. All right. So then when you think about, well, Rand Paul is the only guy standing up for us and maybe Ron Johnson. But then when you realize, okay, are these guys controlled opposition? Where do they actually fit? Mm-hmm. Because I can't say enough about how they're all in on it. The federal government, of course, is in on it. The medical industrial complex is in on it. The state legislatures are in on it because they put walls around these doctors so you can't sue them. So they're a protected class. Of course, big business is in on it because they, you know, I'll give you a pointed example about big business. We filed, or not filed, we, we put a key man life insurance policy on one of our men in the business. And so I was, because I knew this all-cause mortality statistic of the the jabbed, I thought, well, they have to ask, you know, in the life insurance application, they ask, you know, do you drink? Do you smoke? Do you jump out of airplanes? So I thought, well, they're going to ask the question about, are you jabbed? Nothing. Hmm. Crickets. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? That tells me big government is behind big life insurance to keep a lid on what the truth is, because if this truth gets out to the masses, it would stop. I mean, we know the Brooke Jackson case, Brooke Jackson filed the federal whistleblower case against Pfizer, and the government comes in and stands behind Pfizer instead of supporting the whistleblower. Pfizer never tested this thing because they had a contract with the Department of Defense. The judge dismisses the case because under the guise that, well, if the population knew that this was never a vaccine, there would be a revolt against the government. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. So the propaganda is beyond what 
what people believe. And then I would say last but not least of the people in on it is the churches, the ones that yeah. you would expect to stand up against this. I mean, they're holding vaccination clinics. They shut mm -hmm. down and get PPP grants. Uh, they, you know, they, they give a watered down version of Romans 13 and 14. You know, it's, this is so big. Uh, I, I, <laughs> there's many times, David, I thought I was done with my research and then, oh my gosh, you come to the next thing, next thing. And, you know, praise God, he gave me the ability to do this and it, yes. it's my time. Thank you for doing that. Yes. And, and it's how, you know, they meant it for evil, uh, but it's an opportunity for God to use you for good. You know, they, when you look at this and you talk about how they all had a hand in it, I, it, it just, uh, I, I refer to it as, uh, like, the murder on the Orient Express. You know, we have all these people on the train and there's this, uh, this person that they all have a grudge against that they want to kill. And you find out at the end of the story that they all took a shot at stabbing this person, right? So they all had a hand in it. And that's really what you're talking about with these institutions. You know, this is really is the murder on the warp speed express, uh, because they've all had a hand in doing this. Uh, the insurance companies, hospitals, the politicians, all of them, and um, and the pharmaceutical companies, of course. But um, you're talking about the insurance companies being in on it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I remember the one out of uh, Indiana. I think it was One America. Big insurance company. And they were they sounded the alarm and said, you know, in third and fourth quarter, we've said this massive number of excess deaths. And this is beyond our three standard deviations from the mean. This is like a right. once in 200 year event and everything. And, and of course, that was exactly when uh, Biden started really putting the screws on people to get the vaccines. Uh, but instead of blaming it on the vaccine, uh, the CEO comes out and he goes, well, um, they're saying that um, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with uh, the vaccine or with COVID. Uh, but I know that it is COVID, even though they say these are not COVID related deaths. I know otherwise. They just must have gotten all of these wrong, even though it's this massive number uh, that they would not expect to normally see. And that massive number, everybody got it wrong. It really is COVID, he said. And we know that nobody gets COVID if they're vaccinated. So therefore, this is the unvaccinated. And we're going to raise insurance rates on the unvaccinated. Uh, so they ask what your vaccination status is, at least at that insurance company. It truly is amazing. And, and they've all got a hand in it. And, and that's why it's got to be exposed. So I, I really do appreciate what you're doing with this. Um, tell us a little bit more about this lawsuit then, besides that uh, movement to dismiss. Uh, they have another section here. You sent this to me. You highlighted some areas here. Uh, the plaintiffs uh, assert or attempt to assert several causes of action. And they say that um, the problem is that, uh, you know, because uh, she is an adult, uh, we cannot uh, be held responsible for this, right? And uh, but you know they don't mention that uh, she has Down syndrome, uh, but they say that this would be something that um, um, you know we could not be held responsible for because an adult, if you if you have um, uh, parental consent in this, and you and you talk to the parents instead of as they did kidnapping Grace, uh, that would set a very bad precedent. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, this is the bigger issue with the lawsuit by far. So the state statute first precludes where you would normally get punitive damages in a case is because they took somebody's life early. But by statute, if a person is an adult, which is age 18 or over, there's no claim for emotional distress by statute. So this is, again, how they put the walls around the doctor. The the bigger issue, and I'm, I'm going to read it right out of their motion, the partial motion to dismiss, and then I'll, I'll frame it. It says, mm-hmm. quote, the legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme. It's interesting that the defense attorney used the word scheme right in the <laughs> right in his motion. So the legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme to govern claims for damages arising out of alleged medical negligence was to encourage health care providers to remain in Wisconsin by imposing certain limits on the causes of action that a patient or her family member can pursue and the types and amount of damages that can be recovered. So this is the attempt to get our entire claim under medical malpractice. Why? Because there's a $750,000 limit in Wisconsin. And this is not just Wisconsin folks. I mean, every state is in on this. So we have this limitation of 750,000. So they want this to be a medical malpractice case. So if you walk through, how do we even get to medical malpractice? Well, we get there first by completely ignoring a patient's right to, to life. That's a natural law claim. And that's a battery. Then what happens next is to implement if the state now gets involved writing statutes that they have no business to write because we have a common law natural right to life. Mm -hmm. So they write in a statute called informed consent and that informed consent statute, they violated informed consent. Obviously, we didn't know they're giving Grace the meds. We didn't know they're putting a DNR in her. So they hadn't violated our informed consent. But if you look at the details of that statute, that statute doesn't have any teeth to it. The implementation of the statute is turned over to the state medical board, which is comprised of 10 doctors and three lay people. So they have their own kind, which is the judge and jury for their violation of informed consent. <laughs> so this is why our case, we can't have, you know, we are fighting to make sure that no aspect of our case is dismissed. Because if this just becomes a medical malpractice case, those are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. We want the truth of what is happening in these hospitals to be exposed with Grace's case. And, and that's the key thing, you know, besides being lied to. Uh, they have shown nothing but utter contempt for informed consent. Uh, that is uh, now everywhere. We see that in all of the public health bureaucracy. Uh, they don't care what you want. And, um, you know, they're going to uh, we, we've seen this with um, uh, transplants uh, for kidney patients denied because you didn't get your vaccine status or but everything about this from the lockdown and the vaccine passports and and requirements for keeping your job. Uh, none of this is about uh, informed consent or, you know, patient talking to their doctor. Uh, that is the crux of the issue, and that is informed consent. That is absolutely the crux of the issue. And, you know, they, they have set this up over time. You know, again, COVID exposed it because we we got lazy and we we just kind of trust the white coat. You know, we, we think a hospital is a safe zone. Uh, they've lied to us, telling us the doctor's are following the Hippocratic Oath. A doctor wrote me after hearing me on a podcast, and he said, Scott, we haven't been following the Hippocratic Oath for 30 years, mm-hmm. but we're programmed to believe this stuff. So we would never think that a person would want to kill you. But yet, 
when I look at, I have so many anecdotal stories, David, but I'll give you one very specific one. And, and this really helps people understand what's going on. A lady, I was on, I, um, a local newspaper interviewed me and the published story came out and the lady who interviewed me has a neighbor who's a nurse in a local hospital. And she called her and said, that man is lying. And specifically about the illegal DNR. Well, then about three months ago, she called the reporter back and said, he's not lying. Mm -hmm. I'm the power of attorney for my dad. And I was reviewing his chart in the hospital and the doctor put an illegal do not resuscitate order on my dad in the hospital I work at. So I got permission to talk with this lady. And I said, will you come on the air with me and explain what you just did to me? Because people's lives depend on it. Yeah. And she said, I just can't do that. I'm 66 years old. I'm a year away from retirement. So this is what's going on. Yeah. These yeah. people are in a ball and chain. They think they are, mm -hmm. you know, the truth shall set you free, but their ball and chain is their paycheck and following the orders and the fear of coming out and telling the truth. That's right. I have seen people over and over again telling me, Scott, that, um, you know, I was afraid I was going to lose my job. And, um, but you know, I had religious convictions about this. So I refused to get the shot. And I have seen the people who did this out of religious conviction and they were very afraid. They didn't know what the future was going to hold because they were going to lose their job and they did lose their job. And I've seen them over and over again. Uh, God has taken care of them. And in most cases, they have come out much, much, much better than they were under that job. And, um, and I tried to convince people of that. And, and even just from a standpoint that, uh, do you really want to work for a, uh, somebody who is so arrogant that they think that they can demand that you take an experimental shot? Do you really want to have a job for somebody like that? You know, and, and just to not even, you know, even away from the religious issues. And, um, and that's one of the key things. It's that fear that they have over people and, and the power of money and bribery and blackmail to take that money away. And that was pervasive throughout this entire hospital system. CMS telling the hospital system after they had bribed them for a year to kill people with that protocol, then they say, and if you don't get these vaccines yourself and have your staff, your nurses and doctors take them, we're going to cut you off of CMS after they had pumped up their CMS money with these, um, uh, with these death protocols and given them bonuses for identifying people as having COVID and bonuses for putting them on a, a ventilator and giving them a 20% bonus. If it was a COVID patient, then they said, now we're going to cut all of your Medicare Medicaid off. If you don't all get shots. I mean, it's just amazing to see how evil this whole thing was and how it rolled out gradually. Yes. Two bonuses that people may not be aware of, but I'm aware of it because of researching in the, in the, the fourth quarter of 2021, I would assume all the medical insurance providers did this, but the document I have is from Blue Cross Blue Shield. They incentivized their family practitioners to the tune of if if they could vaccinate 75% of their patients, they would get a $296,000 bonus in the mm. fourth quarter of 2021. Wow. The bonus that very few people understand is that if you had a loved one who was murdered in the hospital, the federal government paid you $9,000 to bury your loved one. Yeah, We yeah. refused the money. 
we didn't take their blood money, but that was really hush money if you think yes, about it. Yes. Because yeah, you go along with the di diagnosis that your that your loved one died of COVID, and we'll give you nine thousand dollars. It's exactly. Yes. I've talked about that. Yeah. It's it it's it's evil. I mean, it's almost as if you know, which I know is true. Is you know, they had years in the planning, and every T was crossed, every yes. I dotted. I mean, it it's it's hard to grasp. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, you talk about the hypocritic oath and. Um, um, Hippocrates, there's also Galen and his slogan was first do no harm. And of course that has all been swept aside. You know, we say we're going to skip the testing because we're going to put this out quickly. You know, the first do no harm. And, and when you look at the alternative treatments that people were coming up with and saying, you know, Hey, ivermectin, HCQ, other things like that. No, 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 you can't do that. Well, you know, there wasn't any harm in any of those things, but they were not going to be allowed because they were focused on, as you point out, what they had been plotting to do, planning to do, and practicing to do really for decades with these germ games going back to a dark winter just before 9-11. I mean, this thing was so rehearsed. They laid out all of the legal framework uh, there in 2001 and then practiced it for 20 years. It's just amazing to watch this stuff. And it's why I cannot look past this at any of the politicians who had a part in this. And they all did. You know, like I said, they, they all, all had, they all took a stab at the American public and our constitution, they all did it. It's just a, you know, can't get, can't get past that, but it's so important for people to see uh, what is happening with this. And I, I want to keep informed about what happens with your lawsuit as it moves forward. What's, what's the next step? Uh, when do you have a hearing? You said it's coming up, but uh, just before the uh, election uh, next year, is that right? Nope. That's when the, that's when the trial is that okay. uh, we have a three week jury trial starting November 4th of 24. Yesterday we got the notice of hearing. So after the July 14th hearing, we had to file the judge uh, asked us to file an amended complaint, which we did on July 28th. And then two more motions, partial motions to dismiss surfaced and the hearing for those partial motions to dismiss is going to be heard October 30th. So that's a big deal because they're bringing up the same arguments. We're really hitting back hard on the the battery claim because that's the most important claim of our lawsuit. So, mm -hmm. you know, that is something people can pray for. You can, you know, of course, the most important prayer is for the people who did this to grace, to repent. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is, you know, that does not excuse what they did. Repentance and consequences are two different things. Yes. But even your worst enemy, you don't want to have eternity in hell. So, I mean, that's, so those are two, you know, completely opposite things to pray for. But I would appreciate that if people would do that very much. Yes. Yes. Very important. You know, I, I wanted to have you on because this central thing, the, the you know, putting people on a DNR in defiance of their wishes and defiance of their family's wishes, if they're incapable of uh, responding to this because they're not conscious or uh, because they have other conditions, uh, this has been rampant. And so this lawsuit, very, very important, uh, informed consent and all the rest of this stuff. But I also want to have you on because of the downs aspect of this. And, and I'd like for you to speak a little bit. And, and Travis, maybe you can pull up the website there, Grace uh, Shara. That's S-C-H-A-R-A.com. Uh, he's got a lot of pictures of Grace. As a matter of fact, I've got one right here on the board. I'll pull this up. And uh, there's Grace. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, Grace and, and um, uh, how she was in your family for 19 years. Well, this is my favorite part by far, and it, I might get a little emotional, but, you know, Grace changed our life. 
you know, we, Grace was very high functioning for a lot of reasons. One, God made her that way. My wife, second of all, did a fantastic job homeschooling. And third, as I mentioned earlier, Grace was never vaccinated. So what does high functioning look like? Well, Grace could drive a car. Grace went deer hunting with me. Grace could public speak. She could read and write. She knew every state and capital. And her sense of humor was second to none. So we're we're starting to get ready for deer hunting now. And we would sight in our rifles and all of that. And anyway, one of the deer seasons that you know, <laughs> this gives you a sense of Grace's sense of humor. You were sitting in the deer stand and it's pretty boring. You know, you're waiting. And she said, Dad, I have a joke for you. I said, well, what's your joke? She said, where do bees go to the bathroom? I said, I don't know. Where do they go to the bathroom? She said, the BP station. <laughs> I mean, so she makes this up. I mean, she was she was an absolute laugh a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, she 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 took things literal. I taught her a literal sense of humor, and you know, <laughs> so she adopted that. So Piggly Wiggly is a local grocery store chain. It's it's actually regional. And so their jingle is Piggly Wiggly Shop the Pig. So we're, we're in my <laughs> truck one day, Grace hears the jingle, and she said, Dad, that's not true. You can't shop a pig. First you shoot the pig, then you eat the pig, but you don't shop a pig. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know she, she was the best thing, David. She was the best thing God gave us second to salvation, bar none. Yes. She changed our life for, for the good. I mean, uh, she loved unconditionally. She accepted everybody. She encouraged. You know, she would <laughs> a funny thing. I what you know, if I would you you probably know the capital of Wisconsin, but if Grace met you, David, she would first say, Well, hello, handsome David. And if you started talking about I heard you know all the states and capitals, then you and so she'd say, Well, what's the capital of Wisconsin? And if you said Bismarck, you know, she would she wouldn't say, Hey, it's Madison, you dummy. She would have said, close. You know, she always had this, <laughs> she had this encouraging way about her. It was, it was so special. Oh, thanks for letting me tell you. About, I mean, I could keep going and going and going. It was just, well, it, and, was, and you know, the thing is, uh, you know, as Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven, right? It's right. that childlike innocence that's there. And, and it's such a refreshing thing to see with kids with Down syndrome. And, and I know that, you know, we, 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 I've, you know, we've got, uh, listeners and, and family who have uh, 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 kids who have uh, debilitating diseases and it's difficult to see them suffer uh, and it is difficult to see a, a child with cancer and things like that but there are these moments that shine through uh, where God really speaks to us through that and and it's not a reason to not have kids it's not a reason to abort a child and um, you know there there is a um, I don't know. I've just seen it with the parents of kids who have Down syndrome. There's, there's a kind of grace that is given to them. You know, it's your daughter's name, but it is a kind of grace that is given to parents to be able to handle that. And it becomes a, a real example to other people about issues that they confront in their life. You know, well, if they can handle uh, this challenge that God has put in their life, then uh, maybe I can handle this thing that I'm dealing with because God has different challenges for all of us. And, and, and all of these things, uh, there is a you know, smiling providence in, in God and what he does with us and all of these really is. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, spot on. You know, when Grace was first born and uh, God really blinded us to her Down syndrome. But as I started thinking about Grace's life, I thought, boy, she's never going to experience this or that. And as I got to know Grace and realized 
what she really showed me, I thought, boy, I wish I had Down syndrome. Yeah. Because it, she was, she was special. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's, she's the reason I'm here today is she was a gift from God and they took one of his prematurely and, um, you know, God lit a fire under me to now become a spokesperson and I'm humbled to do it. Well, I wish that more people, uh, would push back against this system. You know, so many people have been harmed and hurt by this. So many millions of people have been killed by this and, you know, it is now rising, as I said earlier in the program, you know, the Politico is wringing their hands and saying, oh, this anti-vaccine movement is really getting uh, a lot of uh, traction. It's getting really big because people understand what has happened. You know, they've got friends or family or, or you know, uh, that they've had this happen to. If it hasn't happened to them, if they haven't been harmed by the vaccine, they've seen other people who have been and who have died from this. And they've seen people who have been harmed by the medical protocols. And that's one of the key things, as you point out, you know, people are seeing the vaccine industry for what it was, and they're seeing the hospital industry for what it was. And they're seeing how the government has weaponized those things, subsidized them corruptly and allowed these people to literally get away with murder. And, um, it it has to stop. And the only way that it's going to stop is if people like you, uh, who have been directly affected by this, stand up and uh, sue them and speak out. And, and so it is, is wonderful that you're doing that because this is such a big issue. I've got a, a comment here, uh, Scott, on uh, Rockfan Little Ford Schoolhouse. Uh, thank you for the tip. They said, uh, my husband and I would love to share our story involving Presidex and the medical malpractice we experienced with Michael during his heart surgery. It was a total nightmare. I hope your day is blessed. Well, yeah, we need to, uh, uh, Presidex is not a drug that I have talked about in the past. There's just so many of them, but I know from, uh, you know, the, the situation you're talking about with morphine, I know how that is something that they do to people on hospice. And, right. uh, you know, that was the, the, putting a do not resuscitate order on her and then loading her up with morphine that was to kill her. And we've seen yeah. that over and over again. Really is amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for what you do. And again, um, the uh, Rumble uh, program is, um, I've got it here. Uh, let me get to it. Uh, is, um, well, I don't have it on this. Uh, say it again. Deep, deep, yep, no problem, David. It's Deprogramming with Grace's Dad. And you can link to it, 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 all the links with the research, the medical murder being number one cause of death in the U.S. All those links are on Grace's main website, ouramazinggrace.net. So you can find everything there. If you go to Rumble directly, though, it's deprogramming with Grace's dad. That's great. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for fighting this. And, um, you know, that, that really is important because uh, we hope that we can save other people's lives by doing this. These rules have got to change. People have got to understand what these institutions have become. Uh, they become a monstrous Frankenstein version that has absolutely nothing to do with the way that it is sold to the public. So thank you. And again, I'm so sorry for your family's loss, but um, it is um, a wonderful story. Grace's life was in spite of the tragedy at the very end of it. Thank you so much, Scott. Appreciate it. Well, very nice meeting you, David. Thank you. Keep us informed. Let us know what is happening with us. The Common Man. They created Common Core to dumb down our children. 
They create a common past to track and control us. Their commons project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. thedavidnightshow.com Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 